powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. Powered by Kitsap Credit Union. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. Here we go now. Friday's finally here, guys. I'm very excited for... For this weekend, I know it's not Super Bowl weekend, but I'm still just excited to chill. I mean, taking some good sports. You got the NHL All Star Game. You've got more Pro Bowl stuff continuing, right? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. How's your week been going, Bob? So far, so good. Yeah, it's been good. You know, um, no crazy kid stories. No, crazy those are my favorite kid. stories. I got some, but we can't air that. We talked about that in the oh, sports. Yeah, we did. Oh, that was yeah, a good I mean, one. It's Black History Month. I'm teaching my kids about Black History. You know what I mean? They got questions. I got answers. Fair, fair. <laughs> my other favorite story was uh, your son somehow becoming more YouTube famous than uh, anyone we know, crazy. and then having to punish him, but being like, "How?" Being like, "Dang!" Like, "Wow!" You, you pull some good content. Kind of proud some- of you. Right? <laughs> yeah, hey, go clean some- that room, though. We should get some ads going. <laughs> this is pretty impressive, um, guys. I got into a fight this morning. What Whoa. happened? We- yeah. Who, who who do we have to fight now? Yeah. Who do Bump and I have to fight on your behalf? Mike Salk. Oh. No. <laughs> I got into a debate with Mike Salk this morning. Uh, he invited me on to talk about Geno Smith. And he did make an interesting point. I'll give him this. I think that the conversation is framed often as do you go with Geno or do you go with a cheaper option? And the conversation really is do you go with Geno or do you get more free agents on defense? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think I always settle with, well... God, like I would love more defensive help. I think defense is what held this team back. I think defense is where they need improvement. But by virtue of spending a lot in free agency, you're kind of tightening up that window to win, right? Because those guys are typically older. They're out of their rookie deal. Um, You're spending more on them because they're veterans. That you want to make sure you can win within that window. Like you don't sign a a high-end, you know, 30-year-old free agent to win in 2025 or six. Like, you sign that guy because it's going to make you better in 2023. And I would love for the defense to be better in 2023, but I would love for the offense to still be good. And my only fear is that moving on from Geno hurts the offense. Like, I don't want to constantly trade off. I'm tired of a trade-off. You know what I mean? Hey, you fixed uh, your passing defense. Oh, but now you're, like, really awful against the run. Like, I hate this constant trade-off. Why can't why can't we figure out a way to be good with everything? You can. You can figure out a way. How do you figure out a way to be good with everyone? You keep Gino. The argument we keep hearing, can you win a Super Bowl with Gino? Can Gino take you to the promised land? I don't know. Maybe. He's not a for sure thing. He's not an every year we're contenders. He's not Joe Burrow. What's the window to win a Super Bowl my whole career? He's not Pat Mahomes doing things no one's done his first five seasons in the NFL. But check this out. New England Patriots, they're going to win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones? Probably not. Would they love to be competitive? For sure. Cleveland Browns, you're going to win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson? Probably not. Would they love to be competitive? You betcha. Chicago Bears, (laughs) Justin Fields, you're going to win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields? Not with this team. Would they rather be competitive? Yeah. Atlanta Falcons, you're going to win with Desmond Ritter? We don't know. Would they want to be competitive? Yes. So, if you're not going to win a Super Bowl, if you're not a for sure thing, if you're not Buffalo, if you're not Cincy, I mean, if, if you're, you're not, not one of Niners, five teams, that's it. If you're not Kansas City, you at least want to be as competitive as possible as you build around whoever's there. 
in your quest to the Super Bowl? That's where this team is at. And I get that it's kind of a complicated answer, right? Like the answer to do you want to pay Gino isn't definitively yes. It's okay, well, how much? Yes for the right price, right? Like that's that's kind of how we're answering it. Do you think Gino can win a Super Bowl? Gosh, I don't know. There is one person who thinks it is an absolute no-brainer what the, what the Seahawks should do. No doubt in his mind what the Seahawks should do. This was our conversation the other day uh, with Max Kellerman. Take a listen. Pete Carroll clearly can win with Geno Smith. Now, can you win the whole thing? That remains to be seen, right? You do feel like you're not at an advantage if you're playing another team that's also good and well-coached, but they have a spectacular quarterback. But like Daniel Jones, although Geno has better receiving targets, it's one thing to say, well, he's just in a good system, but it's another thing to say nobody's playing it well, right? Geno Smith played well, mm-hmm. at least what I saw. You guys are paying closer attention to Geno and the, and the Seahawks than I am, but but I, I thought Geno played well this year, and you can do a lot worse than Geno Smith over the next two or three years. Okay, so Max, what kind of deal do you think they should do? Is it a franchise tag? Is it a long-term deal? This franchise tag, you got to pay all that in one season. So, like, you give a guy a three-year deal and guarantee two years of the money, you're spreading it out over three seasons, right? So for cap hit purposes, if it's 33, you really go up to a little under 40, and you're saving money on the cap, and that's why you do it. So it seems to me it's a no-brainer that Geno's at least two years guaranteed at $70 over a three-year contract, right? Like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that bump? No-brainer, right? It is a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. Why would you do that? Because this guy was a Pro Bowl, and he gives you not a for-sure thing, but you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him. You know how he operates. You know he understands the offense. You have a good relationship. And I think people take that for granted. Relationships are important. And I think him and Shane are vibing right now. They just put a year together. Shane has went from having a quarterback who wanted to do everything on his own. He runs the show, which I believe was frustrating for him, to a guy who's like, let's do this together. Let's win. Yeah. You're the coach. You know, I'm, I'm the 32-year-old veteran who's getting a third chance in this league. So it is a no-brainer to me. You, you pay the man, he gives you the best chance to win right now, and there's still room to build around. Well, and also I think the way I look at it is for people that are like, well, will Gino definitively win you a Super Bowl? There are a handful of quarterbacks to which I would say without hesitating, yes. Those quarterbacks are not $30 million per year. Either they're a rookie who is about to cost a lot more money like Joe Burrow, or they're worth a lot more money like Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That is not $30 million per year type talent, Okay. So when you're talking about, well, can this guy win you a Super Bowl? The reason he's getting $30 million is because even the team is like, ah, we don't know. If we thought definitively he could and we thought we cannot let him walk, they'd be offering him more money. 45 50 That's what I'm saying. Easy. Well, and even then, like, if you want to say, well, I don't want a Kirk Cousins type to get paid Kirk Cousins money, he's not even getting paid Kirk Cousins money. Kirk Cousins is getting more than that. Quite a bit more, I think. You're talking about paying someone who can keep your offense at least functioning. Like at no point last year did I think Geno's sinking this team. I think if you bring Geno back, if you have Ken Walker, if you have obviously your top two receivers, if you have this offensive line that continues to, de- to develop, maybe you add a center, whatever it is that you do, I feel good about the offense, Bump. My only question's on defense. Yeah, bringing back Geno might keep you from adding uh, an extra high-priced free agent. Does it keep you from making the defense better? No. Uh, bringing Geno back doesn't. It doesn't stop you from adding a high-priced free agent. 
You make some cuts. You move money around. <clears throat> Geno's deal, if he were to sign that three, three-year deal, it's, like, it's back in heavy, right? They're spreading that money out. It's not like he's getting all this money up front. Excuse me, uh, the salary cap. He's going to get money up front as signing bonus. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to have the hit that people think it's going to have. So you still got you still got room to wiggle. You got room to work because you're going to cut guys. The team you see today is not the team you're going to see. And I think that's important for people to uh, to remember. Go to Spot Track. I want you to look at the free agents or – yeah, the guys who are up for free agency or just whoever's getting paid. And you go, okay, who would you cut? Where would you make your move? There's guys getting paid 10 to $15 million a year on this squad right now that I feel like this team could do without. Good ball players, but in your quest to get better, in your quest to improve this defense, you got to move some things around. So there are, there are ways to do it. I think people get caught up in that number and think, okay, that's it. 30 mil takes away the whole cap. They got no room to do anything when that's not how the business works. No. Well, and the idea that, too, that, like, the only way that they can get better and go to a Super Bowl is to go out and buy all these expensive free agents. Like, um, it's... I saw someone say uh, I was doing the opposite approach for the Mariners. The Mariners can win now. Also, there's no salary cap in baseball. (laughs) Right. Two differences here. And careers are longer. In football... A free agent you're bringing in is at least out of his rookie deal. Sometimes he's out of another short-term deal. So maybe he's, you know, 29, 30, 31, 32. And the top free agents are still really good players, right? Right. They're going to get multiple offers from multiple teams because they've got 11 sacks, 12 sacks, 13 sacks. Uh, And you would want those guys on your team. You haven't had anyone get double-digit sacks for you since Frank Clark and Jaron Reed in, what, 2018? Um, You can absolutely use that player, but... By virtue of bringing in, in the NFL, a player who is 30 and spending a lot of money on him, you are giving yourself a window. So, uh, if you want to compete soon by making the defense that much better, then don't you want to make sure the offense is still good, too? Like, don't you want to make sure you have someone there that you can believe in? And if you're someone that's like, I believe in Drew, fine. I, right now, think... Gino is probably better than Drew, and it seems that Pete Carroll did too because Gino was the starter, and we all knew that this would happen weeks before it was announced. When you bring Gino back, who do you take care of? Your wide receivers, your thousand yard receivers. You take care of your offensive linemen, you take care of the quarterback room. You take care of the offense in general because you have a guy who understands the assignment and knows what to do. Now, Gino is 32 years old, about to be 33, and People are looking at his career and saying, what'd he do? I mean, in, in New York, he didn't do anything. He sat for X amount of years. And Stacey, you pointed out several times that he sat behind Hall of Fame quarterbacks and he had a chance uh, to learn the game and to blossom into the guy that we saw today. Nothing in life is guaranteed. Nothing in the NFL is guaranteed. I think people want to guarantee that Geno's going to be able to duplicate what he did this season and go back to the Pro Bowl. That's not how this thing works. There's only a few. Actually, there are a few guarantees in the NFL. And that's Pat Mahomes is one of those guarantees. That is Derrick Henry. He's one of those guarantees. Aaron Donald, he's one of those guarantees. That's less than like 1% of the league that you can say, guarantee he's going to have another Pro Bowl type season. That's just now not how this works. Now, if you want a guarantee type of player, what you got to do? You got to pay that man. You got to pay him more than mm-hmm. $30 million a year. You're up in $45.50. you are talking about a defensive lineman. You're up. I saw Nick Bosa. His market value is $28 million a year right now. As an end, he's a guarantee. So if you want guaranteed, then you got to spend guaranteed money. And that's not what we're doing with Juno. We're saying, okay, we are 
we are banking on it. We're investing. We're saying, look, let's see what this guy does. He's earned the investment. It's a smaller investment than what people think. Nothing's guaranteed. Geno's not a guaranteed player. No, absolutely not. And, like, again, <laughs> I can't get over, like, how controversial this take has become, Bump. I cannot get over I am truly flabbergasted at, like, some of the hostility that I've been seeing over just saying, hey, if Geno can come back for the right cost, I think it would be pretty good for the offense. How is that a hot take? I was worried that this take wouldn't be hot enough for radio. I was like, man, I'm not doing a good. This is barely a take. Here I am coming into sports radio saying like, hey, if that quarterback you had last year could come back, you know, on, you know, cheaper than you're expecting. Why not? And all of a sudden it's, oh, you're in Gino's pocket. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild to me. Like, guys, what what are we doing here? I mean, I I feel more comfortable having an answer, having something that I know at quarterback versus not. It's why I doubted Gino in the first place, Mm -hmm. because something I knew at quarterback was Russell Wilson. Now, Geno is going to be cheaper than Russell Wilson uh, because he's not as good as Russell Wilson was at Russell Wilson's peak. That's okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. 360, do you believe Geno is going to get $30 million per year from the Seahawks? Or are you promoting it for radio controversy and listener discussion? There's zero chance Geno will get it. 20 to $25 million is reasonable, but not 30 Here's the thing. This isn't a number that Stacey and I pulled out of thin air. This is a number that is a comparison of what's going on in the league, a number that experts have thrown out there, people who study contracts, people who understand who Geno is. That's a starting number. Now, is it guaranteed to hit 30? No, I'm not saying it's guaranteed to hit 30, but you can float around 30 if you look at what's going on in the league and uh, what these experts are saying. And what, also, it's in what part Gino, based on a franchise tag. Yeah, and w- exactly. Franchise tag and what Geno has done to earn this. So, no, it's not a guarantee that he's going to get 30, but it's going to be around 30. If you don't want to just if if you want to keep Gino and not disrespect him, you have to float around 30 million dollars per year. I don't know why it's controversial. First of all, first of all, I am down to talk about every option at quarterback. It turns out if there's one thing we learned from the NFC Conference Championship game, quarterback's really important. So let's figure out what the Seahawks can get, right? You can go with Drew Lock. You want to roll with Drew Lock and bring him back? Okay. That's your take. Tell me why you want to roll with Drew Locke. Is it because he's cheaper or because you believe in him? Cheaper. Do you think the offense takes a step back or do you think it takes a step forward? Tell me what you think. You want to roll with Drew Locke? I'll hear you out on that. No problem. And whatever this team decides, I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's right, see it. it. You want to draft a quarterback? All right, draft a quarterback. No problem. You want to bring back Geno because you think, like, ah, I'm okay with the offense being good enough and then, you know, drafting and maybe adding one free agent or whatever? Okay. Cool. Like, these are all just different ways to try to figure out a way to win. None of them are fully guaranteed. What I'm doing is just talking about all the different options that you have at quarterback because you got to make a decision no matter what. And if your decision is, I just want to save money, that's probably not the best way to, like, figure out how to be really competitive. Here's the thing about Drew Locke. I understand why people want to give Drew Locke a chance. He's younger. He's mobile. He has an arm. Um People think he deserves a second chance, just like Geno got his second chance. But the same way that we looked at Geno, you got to look at Drew Locke. Drew Locke for his career, 59% completion rate, 25 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. There's nothing impressive about number numbers-wise of what 
Drew Locke has done over the the course of his career. There was nothing impressive about Geno. You have to rely on the coaches and say, I got to trust in what they're seeing in practice and what they're seeing in the film room and ride with it. Nobody wanted this situation to go down. Everyone's saying Drew Locke and Geno Smith, the worst quarterback room in the NFL. Turns out these coaches knew what they were doing and they found Geno Smith and allowed him to blossom to who he is today. So now I look at Geno Smith, I look at him different now. He's got a different stat line. He's got a Pro Bowl stat line. He's got 4,500 yards. He's got 30 touchdowns. He's won a couple games. Yes, he has one game winning drives what people are stuck on. Too. No, but people are one stuck on him having what they drive. call a mediocre season. I've seen it all over the test. It's not a mediocre season. It's a Pro Bowl season. It is what it is. Holla at me. All right, we're going to get back to this conversation right now. Let's get to headline rewrites. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bobo Stacy. Headline number one in an interview with a CBS broadcaster, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, Aaron Rodgers says in a joking manner he is not going to San Fran. What's the real headline? Uh, considering that's where his family lives, we could have told you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's it's not um, going to San Fran. It runs deep. Four down territory. I'm going to dive in on this a little bit more. But no, it makes sense. He don't want to be around his fam. He's from California. That's the crazy part. Uh, but... Aaron Rodgers is going to end up where he wants to end up, honestly. If he wants to be in Green Bay, he'll be in Green Bay. If he wants to be in Las Vegas, he wants to be in Las Vegas. He's one of the few quarterbacks who can determine his future. All he has to do is say the word and teams are going to make it happen. He's that good. But then you got to do with everything that comes with him. He makes any team that he joins instantly better. But how is he going to mesh with everybody? Yeah. Headline rewrites. Headline number two, Seahawks quarterback coach Dave Canales has a second interview with the Ravens for their vacant OC job. Also, the Broncos have requested an interview with Sean Desai as they search for a new defensive coordinator. What's the real headline? So what I'm hearing is that Shane Waldron and Clint Hurt are still here. Exactly. Those two guys are here. Now, let's not, we can't ignore what Desai has done for this defense. He, he played a hand in it. He helped out, right? But he's not the defensive coordinator. Um, there's no denying that Canales has helped Russell Wilson and Gino and these guys. But it comes down to the coordinators. As long as the coordinators are there and they have their philosophy, they are um, helping these guys in their development. It's all good. But this is what Pete Carroll does. He said th- this is his mission. He wants guys to advance in their careers. It happens all across the league. But you're right. Shane Walter is still here. Clint Hurd is still here. All is well. Headline rewrites. Headline number three, Derek Carr, in an interview yesterday at the Pro Bowl game, says he wants his next team to be all in on winning the Super Bowl. What's the real headline? Well, I want my next boyfriend to be all in on marrying me, but we can't always get what we want. Wait, ne- Derek, what? can we? <laughs> can we? Is everything all right with you and Brian? Now, oh, I, me and Brian are great. In an ideal world, Derek Carr, you're absolutely right. Uh, the next team to sign you would want to win a Super Bowl. Um, but will a team that wants to win a Super Bowl go for Derek Carr? I don't know. I kind of rushed to get to this headline bump because it's where I want to wrap up the segment for the final like two and a half minutes here. What kind of quarterback wins you a Super Bowl? I love this conversation. I absolutely love it. What kind of quarterback wins you a Super Bowl? Because a guy subjective. who can a guy who can win some ball games late, a guy who can lead you on fourth quarter comebacks and all that good stuff. The thing with Derek Carr is he wants to seem to be all in to win a Super Bowl. The teams that are all in to win Super Bowls probably have their quarterbacks already. 
Like the market is small for him right now. It's not like the Buffalo Bills are asking for a quarterback. The Baltimore Ravens, we'll see what happens there. It's not like uh, the 49ers are begging for a quarterback. They said themselves they're not looking for a veteran out there. So if he wants a, a team to be all in to win a Super Bowl, I think all teams are all in to win a Super Bowl. That's what you play the game to do. But you got to be ready to go. He's at the point of his career where he ain't got that much time. So I don't think he's that quarterback to where he changes the look of a franchise. He brings the Texans out the dungeon and leads them into a championship. He's got to go to a team that's ready to go. The teams that are ready to go already have their quarterback. You know, who, well, Derek, maybe something like the Jets, Curtis. You know, who Derek Carr reminds me of. He reminds me of every quarterback that the Colts have trotted out over the last four or five years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, he's going to go to Rivers, Andy, isn't he? Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Yeah, it's it's a foregone conclusion. Derek Carr's the next in that it, it, next of in line for that. Like, Makes so yeah. exactly the, the next kind of quarterback, quarterback. they go for. I mean, I think that Derek Carr. This is what's fascinating. Matt Ryan at his peak, I wouldn't include here, but I think Derek Carr is uh, nor Philip Rivers at his peak. Potentially more talented than these guys. The thing with Derek Carr that has always kept people interested is what would Derek Carr have looked like with a better franchise, right? What would Derek Carr have looked like um, with a better offensive line at times? His best protection was when he was younger and when they were really solid and then he like broke his leg or whatever that injury was. He's never played with a defense above 20th, right? Right. What would Derek Carr have looked like with a good team? Because what you can say if you're talking about how great these quarterbacks are, uh, I think Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are immensely talented and both obviously more talented than Derek Carr. Uh, I would take either quarterback in a heartbeat. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But the number one and number two teams in sacks this year were also Philadelphia and Kansas City. So like, make no mistake, being part of a complete team matters too. And Derek Carr has not had that. Yeah, he is the quarterback who needs help. He's not the quarterback who elevates. And that's okay. The guys win Super Bowls that way. But he's at the point of his career where he's got to be surrounded by guys. He's not he's not young enough to say, okay, let's invest a bunch of money and build around him and see how he develops. He's old enough to say he's got to help us win right now. He needs to be put in the perfect situation. All right. Bump and I clearly feel uh, that Gino could come back. Like we would be down for Gino to be back for the right price. Okay. But who else needs to be re-signed? Because we've been spending a lot of time talking about quarterback. It's the most important position on any team, and there is a decision to be made this year. But there are a couple other free agents that we haven't even touched on, and we're a week away from the Super Bowl. Once the Super Bowl is over, we are heading into that time, right? The new league year starts in mid-March when this team has to make a decision on some of these guys. So who else needs to be re-signed to make this team go? That's next. Live from the Alaska Airlines Studio, this is Seattle Sports Station. You're listening to Bump and Stacy, Powered by Kitsap Credit Union. Hey guys, don't forget you can subscribe to the Bump and Stacy podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. Um, you can leave a review at any of those locations. Spotify, we're doing great. I just checked it. Fantastic. However, I am using, personally, Apple Podcasts to track our reviews for my own uh, research here. And uh, so if you are using Apple Podcasts, I would so love and appreciate five stars. Drop a little review if you're already listening. I got one that listened to this one the other day from Shane. I'm a UPS driver in Des Moines, and all of you guys get me through my work day. It's a very quiet job, and I'm grateful for your show. Love listening to you guys are awesome. My guy, Shane. Oh, Shane. Shout out, Shane. Um, so if you could leave a review, it could be funny, it could be whatever you want. Who, who cares? Much appreciated. We thank you in advance. Um, 
So you and I have made it clear that we'd love to see Gino back here, but who else needs to be re-signed to make this team go? I got a list of 2023 free agents. So these are guys that are going to, um, whose contracts are going to end in March and the team is going to need to figure out whether or not to re-sign them. Uh, am I going to read through every single one? I'm going to read through the notable ones. Puna Ford, Rashad Penny, Austin Blythe, Gino Smith, uh, LJ Collier, Phil Haynes, Nick Ballore, Artie Burns, Jonathan Abram, Drew Locke, Marquise Goodwin, Kyle Fuller, Justin Coleman, Ryan Neal, Cody Barton, uh, Penny Hart, Travis Homer. Those are the ones I'll include here. I think yeah. those are pretty notable. Mm-hmm. Uh, notable enough names. You got 26 total, but those are the ones I've included. Um, of all of these guys, you have uh, only one exclusive rights free agent, one restricted uh, free agent. Sorry, two restricted free agents. All the rest are uh, unrestricted free agents, meaning there's no tender. There's no anything. It's resign them or not. So let's talk about who we want to see back here, Bump. Who needs to be back from this list, if anyone, for this team to go in 2023? Go in a good way, that is. The first let's guy, get it going. The first guy you need to sign is Ryan Neal. Yes. You need Ryan Neal back. He has earned it. He's reliable. He can play over the top. He can play in the box. He is a versatile football player who brings the right type of attitude to this football team. He's a Pete Carroll type of guy. Love me some Ryan Neal. I've never met one person who said, Ryan Neal is garbage. Get him out of here. No, sir. Ryan Neal needs to be here. The second one, this is going to make all you quarterback people happy. You need to sign Drew Locke. You need a backup quarterback. You do. You need to sign Drew Locke. You bring him back. You make sure he's good to go. If something were to happen with Geno, whether he leaves, you bring somebody in, he gets banged up. You have a quarterback who spent a year in the system who understands what you need to do. The next guy is Phil Haynes. Phil Haynes played multiple positions this year. Now, he's going to be a backup. He's a depth type of guy. I still think you go into this draft and you find a lineman, Mm -hmm. interior lineman to work that thing out. But Phil Haynes quietly has been playing some solid football. Also, now this this is contingent on what you want to do with the running back position in the draft. If you want to go after a running back in the draft uh, earlier than I think you should, then you don't need this guy. But I want to see Rashad Penny back. I want to see Rashad Penny on another team-friendly deal and see what a one-two combo looks like with him in the backfield with your boy Ken Walker. Another guy who you can get for the cheap on the low league minimum is Marquise Goodwin. I think you need Marquise Goodwin. He's a good number three or even a number four type of guy. You need a guy who's going to show these guys how to be professionals because you're going to draft receivers. You draft receivers every single year whether that be in the back end of this deal. You need a guy like Marquise Goodwin. He comes in, he scores what, four touchdowns, has some clutch plays. He's still got some juice in them 31-year-old legs. And now the the one that I'm thinking about, I go, well, what are you going to do with Jamal Adams? How's that going to work out? I'm looking at Jonathan Abram. I'm saying, do you bring him back? Like, did, did he find a place here with the Seattle Seahawks? He's a- Can I add context before you continue for anyone who's wondering what bump means by, like, what are you going to do with Jamal Adams? Isn't necessarily money-wise. It's that Jamal Adams is still early in his recovery from a torn quad. Exactly. So what what does that look like? And what value does Jonathan Abram bring? I thought he played some decent football. Missed a couple of tackles. Everybody on his defense missed a couple of tackles. But that's only one, two, three, four, five, and a possible six out of these 27 guys yeah. who or up for free agency, I see six that you got to bring back. And I'm not even talking about the guys who are already under contract for next year. You can cut some of those guys, too. So those are the names that I look at and say, these are the the guys you must 
bring back and possibly another iffy maybe. I know you guys don't like him. I know you say he can't play in space. He doesn't get downhill. But Cody Barton is a depth piece too. Okay, you need so depth at the LB spot. Let's move this forward and talk about the implications of not bringing a couple of these guys back. Co-sign on all of these. Fantastic selections. Ryan Neal, I agree, by far the most important. Um, gives you a ton of flexibility. Is a great player. Uh, this team is better with him on the field. And he's the easiest answer. There are a couple guys who are starters, though. And who you may not bring back. So let's talk about the implications of, for instance, if you don't bring back Puna, or sorry, not bring, if you don't re-sign Puna, well, you got to add to your defensive line. What kind of guy are you looking for? You know what I mean? Like, okay, what are the implications of, for instance, not bringing back Puna Ford? You don't bring back Puna Ford. Like, is there someone here you can use? Or do you go out and find someone? You got to go find somebody. I mean, Puna Ford and Monet. Monet's banged up ACL injury. Who knows when he's going to be back. Puna Ford, if they were to bring Puna Ford back, he would have to be a depth piece. I don't think that um, you bring him back and say, all right, we need you to start the game. We need you to get bulk of the snaps. I think Puna's a good mix-up guy. But when we look at this defense, I feel like you and I are on the same page when it, when it comes to this. It's all about the D-line. You yeah. got to get some D-linemen. So um, I would understand if Puna were to get re-signed and come back, but you're going to go out and find somebody in free agency and during the draft. So... Yeah, I love Puna. I love me some Puna. Don't get it twisted. Love me some Puna. But I look at his role in this defense, and it was just tough for him this year. It was tough. He looked better in that 4-3, um, but the 3-4 is a bit different for him. Uh, Puna would be the most expensive, or currently was the most expensive, of all the free agents. Um, his uh, 2022 average annual value is 6.1. His market value is the highest uh, of all of these guys at $9.2 million average annual salary. Um Let's go to two more here who, who were starters or who at one point were starters. I'm going to uh, start with Austin Blythe, who's your starting center. You have mentioned that you would love to see this team address center or interior mm-hmm. linemen in the draft. Yeah. And here's the thing about Blythe, man. Good dude. This Smart is the best dude. part about doing Hawks Live on Thursday during the season is that I get to meet a lot of these guys. Yeah. And now you you meet the person and not the player. Like Austin Black comes up on the stage. He's got his kids with him. Wifey over in the corner. I meet the family. I'm yeah. like, I can kick it with Austin, man. He's a good dude. But the fact of the matter is he just got pushed around a lot. Now, he's undersized. But if you're going to be undersized on the offensive line, it's going to be at the center spot. You help out on double teams or whatnot. Um, I would, if you do bring them back, it has to be a friendly type of deal. But no, I want them to go find a center or a guard in this draft. And if they do, then the urgency to keep a guy like Blythe isn't there. Uh, let's go over running back. I'm going to combine a couple guys. Uh, Travis Homer, uh, Rashad Penny are both going to be uh, free agents. You don't mind looking for someone in the draft. I have seen a lot of people say, what about R- Rashad Penny on a short, cheap you know, easy deal that doesn't hurt the team. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. We saw what he was doing before he got banged up. And that's and that's what's so unfortunate about Rashad is like he's a he's a tease, man. You, you see what he's doing. You see the potential. And then something happens to him. So unfortunate. Some guys just can't escape it. They just have the injury bug. I don't know what it is. So that's why I like Rashad coming back because now you know you have your workhorse. Ken Walker can go. He can handle 20, 25 carries a game. You sprinkle in some Rashad Penny. Imagine that backfield healthy with these two. Mm-hmm. It might be one of the best combos in the league if they stay healthy. Okay. Okay, so another starter that a lot of people would probably love to move on from, no offense to this guy, he's he's uh, a guy that a lot of people really like personally. You said, hey, I may consider keeping that guy, but I want to add a little bit of context for listeners. Let's talk Cody Barton. 
Were Jordan Brooks not injured? And by the way, Jordan Brooks has an ACL injury, just had surgery for it on the 19th. This is potentially like a year-long recovery. Mm -hmm. Who knows? He could be ready for the start of the season. I'm kind of hedging my bets that he won't be. If Jordan Brooks isn't hurt, your answer isn't necessarily to easy, bring back Cody Barton, right? It's to maybe go out and find another option. I'm looking at Edmonds, linebacker over there with the Buffalo Bills. You go get that guy. Easier said than done. I'm sure everyone's going to be all over him. But you need a guy like Cody Barton. As much as people hate on Cody Barton, all right, he's been there, he's done that, he's made some plays, he's gotten better. Is he where everyone wants him to be? Is he just a bona fide star in this league? No, most teams aren't made up of bona fide stars, but you need depth, you need familiarity. And I think there's a level of trust that Cody Barton brings to Clint Hurd and decide if he stays that they're willing, they're willing to work with him. All right, you guys, that was us looking at the rest of the free agents. Hey, we've talked a lot about Gino, but who else needs to get back here? Bump's got a great list. If you want to go back and listen to that, it'll kick off kind of halfway through the first hour of the podcast. You are listening to Bump and Stacey on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We are going baseball back to back here. Very excited for these conversations. A wild trade idea for the Mariners from MLB Network. That's coming your way next. Live from the Alaska Airlines Studio, this is Seattle Sports Station. You're listening to Bump and Stacy, Powered by Kitsap Credit Union. I love a good trade proposal. The wilder, the better for me personally. How boring is a trade proposal when it's like, uh, how about this, you know, like fourth starter, fifth guy, bullpen arm for this random dude? No! I want a wild trade. I want to get crazy. And that's exactly what Greg Amsinger did on MLB Network. Take a listen to his trade proposal for the Seattle Mariners. Well, if you're looking at the Mariners, I like J.P. Crawford, but his bat really regressed, got off to a hot start. He's really not a thunderous offensive player at short. Colton Wong is going to play second base for the near future for the Mariners. There is a shortstop that I don't think is going to be happy playing in the outfield in San Diego. And uh, the Mariners have a surplus of young pitching. And there will be a lot of starting pitching coming off the books in San Diego. I think these two front office rock stars get together to make a mega deal where the Mariners will inevitably acquire Fernando Tatis Jr., who then will be the shortstop of the M's. Imagine Tatis and J-Rod in the same lineup. Would you make the move? Text now 866-979-3776. So it's going to be JP and a couple Mariners arms for Fernando Tatis. Uh, if George Kirby is involved in the deal, I'm er, stop. But let's just entertain it. Let's figure out like what basically like what would you be adding? What's Seattle's potential? What's Seattle missing? This is all part of a big conversation, right? So would you make the deal? I'll start with that bump. Would I make the deal? The deal would consist of starting pitching going over to the Padres, JP not being there, and probably another bat. The reason why I wouldn't make the deal is because now you are messing with the strongest part of this team, which is is pitching. And I'm with you. Logan, if Logan's in it, Kirby's in it, it makes me hesitant to do so. And then I just think about who Tatis is. He is Mm -hmm. a firecracker. He is a look-at-me type of dude. Baller. I believe he led the league, what, first, second year with 42 homers or something like that. Baller in this game. But I look at the the fit as well, the culture. Yes, he has fun. He seems like a me guy. And I just don't want to touch the strongest part of this organization right now, which is pitching. 
The M's won the most one-score games in the last two seasons. Why? Because them boys on the mound mm-hmm. were holding it down. So I look at I look at this I look at this and, and, it's, and it's attractive. It's sexy. It's Tatis. Man, he's a he's a baller. You know what you're gonna get. But I look at the configuration of this team and I say, all right, I'm, I don't want to mess with the strongest part of this ball club, which is the pitching. Yeah. So I uh, I would think about it. I'd hover over the, the trade button, but then I'd move my hand away slowly and say, no, I don't think so. Now, normally I'd be fine dealing from a position of strength. If you're like, look, we've got a lot of great arms, including young arms that we have as prospects, or if we're going to trade some of those prospects, keeping at least one of Kirby or Gilbert, like you're still set. You've got Castillo. You've got Robbie Ray, right? Like you've got a lot of great pieces dealing from an area of strength. Okay. I get stuck on whether it's for the right guy. Fernando Tatis is incredibly talented. Is he the right fit? Mm-hmm. We've seen guys not be a fit. Like, I personally don't know that Jesse Winker was a fit for this club. Definitely wasn't a fit. You know what I mean? Like, talented, but wasn't a fit. And when you're not fit, you don't work out. Uh, Percy uh, Harvin in Seattle. Talented, not a fit. Also couldn't stay healthy. And lately, neither can Fernando Tatis. Curtis, would you make this move? It's awfully tempting. I mean, because you look at Tatis Jr., he's only going to be 24 years old this season. And he's already put up in his career a war of nearly 14. He, but he didn't play last year, and he didn't play because he was suspended for half the season, and also he's dealing with injury. Um, his top, like the value he gives you on the field, among the best of any player in baseball. Yeah. Like that's why you would make a trade like this. But I think you guys have brought up some good points in that it would disrupt the clubhouse chemistry in a way that I don't know if if this team is is wanting to do at this point because we've seen over the last couple of years them make some moves that alter the clubhouse chemistry in a drastic way and I think they learned a lot from that in the 2022 season compared to 2021 2021 they traded Kendall Graveman who was a guy that was very well liked in that clubhouse and there were obviously guys in that clubhouse that were like why are you doing this like holy cow this team doesn't care about winning and then last year, they did the opposite. They brought in a guy that got everybody to buy in was Carlos Santana. And his numbers weren't great, but he was a veteran. He was somebody that had been to the playoffs a lot in his career. Uh, they got everybody on the same page once he came to the organization. I think J.P. Crawford holds a, a – he's a big voice in that locker room. He's a big voice in that clubhouse. And I don't know if moving on from him would be the right thing to do – especially because there are a lot of guys that you know enjoy being around JP. Uh, Tatis is, is such a, a – he, he jumps off the page when you see him play. But, man, this team right now, I, I think clubhouse chemistry is so important to mm-hmm. them. It's so important to the culture of this Mariners team. And Tatis has had his run-ins in San Diego – with guys like Manny Machado and, and Manny Machado early on in his career had the reputation of guy, a guy who doesn't hustle, but he would get on Tatis about not hustling too. So like if, if it stands out to Machado that you're not <laughs> it's hustling, bad. then it's pretty bad, <laughs> right? If the guy that shows <laughs> yeah. up late every day is like, you need better work ethic. <laughs> well, okay. How about this? It seems like a dumb, simple question, but I'm, I'm asking it so that you think about what the team is missing. Why is the trade so tempting? Because of talent. Because exactly. of talent, pure yeah. talent, but talent doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to fit in what you got going, you know, and, and after talking to this dude, it all makes freaking sense. Teoscar Hernandez is exactly what you need for this team. Like you put Hernandez in the same room with Tatis, 
Man, there's no there's there's no chemistry. There's no mix there. You put Teoscar Hernandez in the dugout with anybody who's on this team, you feel it. The messed up the, the scary part is you put Tati's in a room with Jesse Winker, they're probably vibing. They're, they're probably Uh-oh. vibing. Uh-oh. And that right there is a red flag. There's no denying how special this dude is. He is fun to watch. He's full of charisma. But he's got some things going. And also, he, he got caught up with the steroids as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's some questions with him. Pure talent-wise, I would love him on this team. But you bring up a good point. Percy Harvin ain't going to work. Odell Beckham doesn't work in every locker room neither. Right. You know what I'm saying? Chemistry Older, matters. Talented. And the strength of this team is the pitching and it's chemistry. And it's beautiful. I don't want to mess that up. Uh, All right, we are going to continue, not this conversation in particular, but plenty of conversations about the Mariners. We're going to bring on Brandon Gustafson, who uh, he's over in the sports pit right now. He covers all sports, but uh, is great with Mariners coverage for SeattleSports.com. We're going to have kind of like a roundtable, just kind of talking about everything uh, about this team. I got questions about Jared Kelnick. Uh, You've got questions about this team. Um, But if you guys have some that you want to get in here, you can send them now. Text them to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. Kind of like a pre-spring training roundtable with Brandon Gustafson next.